Yeah, and, 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 and it was right. They were saying, hey, be careful. Your children will learn asinine arguments that don't actually mean anything. <laughs> it will, it, this, I don't believe in, in media rotting your brain, but this is bad. We've seen it all before, so let's reload on a very special episode of shows that sucked and shows that blowed. Buckle up, buttercup, it's a bumpy road. Going deep inside the mainframe secret code. Welcome to a very special episode, the podcast which reviews very special episodes of TV, even genre shows which awkwardly dip their toes into political commentary. (laughs) I am your host this week, Green Austin, (laughs) and with me in Minnesota is my speedy, Uh, David Bittenhofer, Austin. Yeah. I've put together this proposal that's going to cut our editing time in half. Wow. Make us twice as funny, and we're going to make a million dollars a year. Whoa. Hey, it sounds great. <laughs> can, you share the de- right can you share the details of that? Uh, it's, not, it's just written up right here. Don't worry about it. All right. All right. I'm sure it'll, it'll pan out. Uh, joining us from Portland with her filthy sonic cry is... <laughs> Carolyn Maine. Uh, I'm also wearing a leather cat suit, and it's making all kinds of crinkle foley. Yeah. Yeah, but that's normal. Yeah. Cat suit's kind of an everyday thing. It is Portland. And finally, crossing over from another show with better ratings <laughs> is our special guest. Oh, me. Uh, Chris Hottamy. <laughs> Hi. How you doing? You know, people used to podcast about things in this society, but then what happened? It became unpolitic to podcast. <laughs> Hi, that's Chris. both a reference to the show and also sort of true. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this this week, we are reviewing Arrow, Season 5, Episode 13, Spectre of the Gun, in which the CW's flagship superhero show takes a break from its big bad of the season to tackle the prickly issue of gun control. When a random non-supervillain shoots up the mayor's office, it's up to <laughs> Mayor Oliver Queen, secretly the Green Arrow, and his team of vigilantes to find the culprit before he strikes again. Along the way, everyone engages in some half-assed discussion of the issues surrounding gun control before Oliver sort of uses the power of politics to wrap everything up in a neat little bow. Which is what politics do. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Solves all our problems. That's why CNN has, like, nothing going on in it all the time, because (laughs) politics is boring and nothing happens. Yeah. CNN could use more people shooting bows and arrows. Ooh, that'd be fun. (laughs) At each other, or like that would be yeah. cross, crossfire would be them actually just shooting arrows. Crossfire. <laughs> Ooh, and then one person has a crossbow because yeah. Whether you win your debate depends on how good you are at archery. Ooh, I like mm. that. 
What if you I'm split at... the arrow? Like, if you get two bullseyes and split the arrow, is that like a, Ooh. I don't know, a filibuster or something? I You're president now. <laughs> <laughs> you get You to... are Robin Hood, and thus our president. You become the new Ted Turner. Uh, uh, yeah. His soul crawls into your body. Uh, yeah. Oh, Lord. <laughs> so, let's see. Um, Chris, we'll start with you. What is your... Uh, history with Arrow, the TV show, and like Green Arrow, the character. If you want to get into that. Uh, all right. Well, first of all, I'm I'm in Portland, as is 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 Sea Dog herself, and yeah, yeah. Portland is a very Marvel town. Like a lot <laughs> of Marvel nerds, a lot of people that love yeah. Deadpool and yes. yeah. all that. On. How appropriate that David is wearing his Deadpool <laughs> yeah. shirt for this recording. Uh, no, but it's a very Marvel town for like a, new, a number of reasons, namely that like Marvel. Well, I was to say you guys have like half of Marvel's writing staff lives in exactly. Portland, Bendis teaches at uh, at the local like uh, university, et cetera, et cetera. Matt Fraction and Kelly Sudetkonik live here, so it's it, it's a big Marvel town for legitimate reasons like that. Also, Marvel has for since two thousand eight produced higher quality content outside of the world of comics, so <laughs> it's fair. Uh, but I'm a DC yeah. boy myself, and uh, so I kind of have to, like, hide uh, in Portland. And, like, we bully him a lot. They do! They do! <laughs> um, uh, and, uh, yeah, so so first of all, I just I like I like DC characters in general. I, I, I like them as, as ways of telling allegorical and metaphorical stories. Like, it... Weirdly enough, if if you said, "Hey, there's going to be a CW, uh, there's going to be a DC show or a Marvel show that talks about gun control," I'd say, "Well, like probably uh, the DC show would be better for it because that's their 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 the supposed ethos of that whole universe is like these grand right, ideas right. and and more metaphor and less street level stuff. While in, you know, Marvel's all street level stuff, so blah blah blah." Uh, so there's, uh, so there's that. And also just this show came on at an important time in my life when I was like, un like finishing up college and I didn't know what was going on really. And, uh, you know, it was there, it was comforting. It was before and like right before TV shows just willingly like let goofy stuff be in their comic book shows. So it had that whole right. Batman Begins gritty first season mm -hmm. that was yeah, pretty much just Batman Begins. That was, but it was right. fun. It was nice. <laughs> And then, like, season two is just a really good comic book season of a show. You got your good Deathstroke stuff with Manu Bennett, who's an actor I've loved for pretty much in everything he's done ever that I've gotten, uh, that I've seen. Uh, and he's, uh, he's great as Deathstroke. He's a good Slade Wilson. So those are the reasons I like the show. So I've seen every episode of Arrow, and I still watch it. And its current season is pretty solid. Uh, but this episode, the moment... Uh, I knew I had the opportunity to be on a very special episode. I was like, Spectre of the Gun is an episode I have to <laughs> do. You might have been asking us for maybe like a year now, like, when are you going to do Arrow? When are you going to yeah. do Arrow? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, actually, yeah. I think I saw this episode and then immediately was like, I have to do it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I told you, like, when I saw this episode, I'm like, all right, we need to record a podcast about this at some point. <laughs> well, it's great because it begins with, like, I don't know if the Netflix one, I don't think, begins uh, with this, but when it aired, it began, it had a content warning thing on it. Yeah. Uh, According to our Cracked Research team, this is the first and to date only episode of any of the CW shows to open with a 
like warning adult content yeah be careful with your children message yeah I, at, the be- at the beginning of it yeah and 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 it was right they were saying hey be careful your children will learn asinine arguments that don't actually mean anything <laughs> it will it, this i don't believe in in media rotting your brain but this is bad <laughs> this will make your children dumber be advised <laughs> yeah and were you, uh, Chris, were you a Green Arrow fan before you watched the show? I, in, in passing. Like, yeah. when I say I'm a DC boy, I have to admit that I'm not as big a fan of comic books as I would like to be. But comic books cost too damn much money. And are, like, a lot of the times yeah. it becomes homework. And, I mean, uh, like, and I... they're poorly written a lot, Yeah, too. there's a lot of bad comic books. Um, they just trail off. Yeah, and it's... Like, I remember one time, I was like, I'm going to get into comic books again. The last time I really was going to get into comic books, and I spent an absurd amount of money on a lot of, like, issue ones or whatever. <laughs> like, not issue one, but, like, starts of new narratives. And they were all so short, and they were also they were all, like, $4 or $5 each. And I was like, mm-hmm. this is too much, too much commitment. So, like, I've only read a couple Green Arrow comics, but every time I see him, I like him. I like the idea of a of this of like this Errol Flynn Robin Hood who's also like a modern socialist kind of guy like a bleeding heart hippie liberal but with like the power of like capitalism behind him who understands <laughs> capitalism is evil like I like all that that is really fun yeah yeah I like I think a lot of the times in uh superhero uh in, in superhero movies or or shows or in just uh super in comics you uh they 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 awkwardly avoid politics, obviously because you don't want to alienate an audience or whatever. Right, right. Uh, and they do that, and it, it weakens the world. So having one character who actually has politics and talks about it is like, yeah. And all I talk about politics all the time. If I was yeah. a superhero, if I had like a laser pack or an alien symbiote thing, I'd also still talk <laughs> about like, you know, <laughs> politics. I talk about how the EPA is terrible right now and how they just, like, freed up all of our shores to get mined for oil. You know what I mean? Like, I'd talk about what's going on in Iran if I was still also shooting lasers out of my eyes at a giant cyborg, you know? I think politics are... So I like that about him. It makes him more real that he has political leanings that aren't just, like, about his tragic past. So that's my arrow feels. Uh, Carol, how about you? What's uh, history with with arrows... What's I that? was hoping you'd do me next just because I'm just going to contrast Chris entirely and very simply and say no experience, no feelings. This is all nothing to me. And as soon as this is over, it's going to go right back in the nothing hole. What were you going to say, David? Uh, I just might need a, a superhero myself right now because apparently uh, there's a fire in my building. What? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so what oh, superhero no, should I like? What superhero should I ask for? Probably mm-hmm. Superman, right? You always ask for yeah. Superman. <laughs> but you don't if get you can him. Get, if you can get him, yeah. 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 Kind yeah. of a big get for a podcast. <laughs> you might want to like... I'm not worried about the podcast, right? No, apparently uh, over our speaker, there's a fire somewhere in our building, but we're going to stay... Stay put. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, we didn't raise the stakes. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> so we'll see I should let you... So what you're saying first. is we I'm need sorry. to get this podcast recorded before you burn to death. <laughs> I like it. That I regret that I only have one life to give. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll have to see if this turns out uh, better or worse than the time that uh, right? Carolyn's sister had to leave an episode because a tree <laughs> fell on her house. Oh, that's great. Oh, that was crazy, I heard dude. that one. I listened to that one. That was fun. Yes. 
Yeah. Uh, so Carol, your your version of this is that uh, Arrow is to you what uh, Metalocalypse was to Ryan and I oh, a few episodes ago. Yeah, but Metalocalypse is good. So, <laughs> big Carol, difference there. There have been good episodes of Arrow. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Yeah, we just made we just made you watch one of the the not so good ones. Well, like yeah, this might be the worst. I won't say it's the worst episode of Arrow just because <laughs> yeah. I don't have that good a memory, but. It it'd yeah. be like the bottom five episodes, right? It it yeah. There was talk recently that they were debating doing a Black Lives Matter episode this season. Ugh. It's still on. Yeah. Oh yeah. People yeah. like it. What? Yeah. It's like the highest rated show on CW, which is still like well, the lowest yeah. rated show in like real TV. But it's like the best. It's the highest rated show on CW. I don't know. I think I I, I I I have a feeling that Riverdale might have more people. Now. Yeah, you're right. Riverdale probably. Yeah, the hunks on that show are are more are more Ooh. underage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's what America loves, baby. Babies. Pretty 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 people doing Young, evil things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, young pretty people. Yeah. David, what is your history with Arrow, the show, and or the character? Let's see. I guess I could go with the character because my history was just, you know, I've dabbled in comics, whatnot. And so I knew of him, but not really much about him, except that his ward was a junkie. I did know that <laughs> very well. <laughs> I knew nothing about how his ward became a junkie or how his, if his ward is still a junkie. I just what? know at some point his ward was a junkie. And uh, I thought that's pretty sweet. What's his ward's name? <laughs> speedy. 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 Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, does he like speed? That makes been sense. A, which should have been a tip off to begin yeah. with, right? <laughs> right. Right. Uh, both his sister and Roy Harper. Yeah. Yeah. Have, have taken the name Speedy. Yeah. It was a Carol. It was a one of the early sort of. Uh, experiments with so with very special episodes of comic books a sort of socially conscious uh, uh yeah. comic book green arrow was one of the early characters was one of the characters that was used as an early vehicle for one of those stories so there was a story where he discovered that his sidekick was was doing speed because mm-hmm. he was speed actually it was heroin uh, he should be slowy then <laughs> <laughs> so and then you correct me if i'm wrong but this show came out right around like when avengers the movies came out, and then yeah, I think so because this is where they're in what season they're six season right now. Six, yeah. so that would be twenty twelve. Yeah, that was right around when the Avengers like, was out. Because I feel like as far as like superhero TV shows, it's pretty much the Avengers and Agents of Shield, and yeah. basically my that's a long way of just saying at the time I had superhero fever and I just wanted to watch anything that had superheroes in it before like I can't not watch something with superheroes. Uh, so I, you know, so I certainly went out of my way to start watching it. And to start, yeah, probably like the first half of the first season, I'm like, this is kind of uh, dark, I guess. But there are some nuggets of stuff that I liked. And then as the show went on, I'm like, oh, this is getting really good, actually. And so then I've watched it and then I, I think it probably peaked at this point. Now it's kind of leveling off and it's not <laughs> as good. This episode is particularly is not good, but even, you know, this latest season yeah. is good and it's fun to watch, but it's, you know, I wouldn't call it like peak TV or anything to that effect. But yeah, yeah. so I've seen every episode and I like it and I enjoy the show and I yeah. watch all the other CW superhero shows. So yeah. right, right. I'd probably put it towards the bottom of the CW shows now because like I really love uh, what they're doing with Supergirl and yeah. uh, Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> well, Legends of Tomorrow is just I don't know. 
I love Le- Legends. Uh, that's a whole other. We could go down that road. I love Legends of Tomorrow. It's so ridiculous and insane. As long as you I don't think it. it's a pretty fun yeah, show, yeah. they're having fun. Is, yeah, like yeah. yeah, it is easily the most fun of the four CW shows right yeah. now. Well, and I, I watch all. I've watched. I'm pretty sure. Well, no, I've not watched all the superhero shows, but I've watched all the Netflix ones. Um, and uh, okay. at yep. the, at this point, I really hate those. Right now, except for Jessica Jones and the soundtrack to Luke Cage, but like, yeah. I watched the Punisher show, and hey, is that uh, I get the the writer yeah, of that was the I Punisher because it punished, eh, yeah. <laughs> but I also watched Iron Fist and all that, and it was just so it's like it's nice to have Legends tomorrow just be fun. Yeah, I am totally yeah. So I. I forget exactly how I got into this show because I didn't watch it right when it first started. And I don't know why I didn't. But I came into it while its second season was airing. And so I watched like the whole first season and then eventually the second season on Netflix. And it wasn't until the third season that I um, watched it like live as it was airing on TV. Uh, but I don't remember why I didn't. I think probably because when it was first coming out, it looked too much like a grim, dark Batman Begins derivative, and I was just that was that was not my my bag. It still isn't. I much prefer the the Marvel movies because they're more fun. And then ironically, yeah. the Marvel Netflix shows are like grim dark, whereas the DC shows are a lot more fun. It is weird like that. They have like a weird dichotomy Mm -hmm. between their, their respective TV and universes. Um, But I was a, I I was a green arrow fan back in the day. I came up as a Marvel guy as an, I mean, I'm I'm an X-Men person first and foremost. Um, That's what got me into comics. And that's like my big, they're, they're my guys. Mm -hmm. Um, So I branched out into Marvel before I jumped over to DC through Batman. Um, But I got into green arrow a little bit. I, the first series I read of his was the, the Kevin Smith relaunch after he died and then came back. Um, and so then I stuck with that series pretty much through infinite crisis and all of the goofy DC stuff in the mid two thousands that then got me to stop reading DC comics. Cause they were getting increasingly grim, dark and messing up a lot of the iconic elements of the characters and things like that. But uh, um, yeah, I have, I, there is an arc in that, in that run where that the TV show is now mimicking where green arrow becomes the mayor of star city. And I thought that was really interesting and well handled and a nice uh, use of the characters, political leanings that had been around since like the seventies. And yeah. Um, and they did a lot of fun stuff with him as mayor in the comics. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, this, so then I, I watched the first season of arrow and, and like Dave, it kind of started off a little slow. I was like, Oh, this is just sort of a, want to be Batman, but then uh, it really picked up, and I liked the way that as it grew, it embraced the more some of the more zany superhero elements, particularly once Flash came along, yeah, and all that kind of stuff. So, and yeah, it's I was a big um, I was a big Buffy guy back in the day, um, Buffy and Angel, and then you know the Joss Whedon shows, and this the 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 current like all those CW shows, they scratch my Buffy itch. In a yeah. Way that like no other, like it, like watching it now reminds me of when I was in college watching Buffy and um, the sort of that same kind of genre overarching narratives with standalone stories. And there's a lot of objectively better TV than, and now, but for what, I, for what it is, this kind of scratches that same itch for me. I think that's fair. I mean, 
and, and quality, there is a lot of great, great TV, but there is something to be said for, like, fun escapist, serialized, yeah. yet episodic superhero soap operas. They're, they're right. Uh, we need different types of art. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah definitely. Like, I love The Leftovers, but uh, if every show is The Leftovers, uh, that would be <laughs> terrible. Like, <laughs> like, Kind of like how uh, if every show was Breaking Bad, it would be terrible. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Every show tries to be Breaking Bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it yeah. Has anyone ever watched Ozark like on Earth? Mm-mm. No, it just uh, it looks not that I know of. Yeah, it's just it's yeah, yeah, it's so dreary. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, yeah. So I think I mean these are fun and yeah, yeah. This but this episode is not a good example of yeah. no, it's really not. Like it's terrible. Like, <laughs> It is neither fun nor representative of what these shows usually try to do. Mm-hmm. So that's 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 a good segue into the into the episode itself, I suppose. Uh, so we start we start with a, a uh, somewhat atypical cold open where someone is ominously loading up a bag with assault weapons, mm-hmm. and then we get the uh, <laughs> the arrow title card, but it's a quiet. We don't get the like yeah. zoom and little music note. Uh, with it so this is important yeah much like other very special episodes that uh alter their opening in some way to reflect the content we have that here as well um and then the first scene is some stuff that deals with the the big bad of this season and for the most part i'm we're just going to skip past that because it doesn't really have anything to do with the the very special part of this um so after after felicity does a little setup information thing we go to the second scene where Oliver's sister Thea is returning from the fact that the actress only wanted to do half the episodes <laughs> this season. I don't remember yeah. exactly why they wrote her out at this point and then brought her back. She's but... always she's for the last like three seasons. She's always returning from something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's always like, like gone for a while and then returning. Was this like where she went on her hiatus to like lose her urge to kill or something? Or... I don't. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I need is, one of those. That sounds nice. I think we all could use a hiatus yeah. to quell our urge to kill right now. Seriously. What, what, yeah. the beach. When did she die? Uh, oh, that was spoiler. Season three. three. Yeah. 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 And then came back. And then she almost died at the end of this of last her, season. You know, her urge season. to kill was, yeah. I think, season four. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So whatever reason, she's back, and which is a shame because I really like the actress and I really like the character. Yeah. Yet she's the one that they keep having to like sideline for prolonged periods. Of time. Yeah, their dynamic is really good. Her and Oliver. Yeah. Yeah. So she's giving Oliver crap about his uh, ill-advised romance du jour, and uh, then she finds out that uh, Renee, who is also Wild Dog, one of Green Arrow's vigilante team. Yeah, can I point out yeah. something about Renee? Like, because there's not a good time to point to that. Well, or every right, time is a good it? point to that. Regarding this episode, let's keep in mind that Renee was a vigilante picked up by Arrow just because he's good at shooting guns. Yeah. Like, that's yes. his quote power is that he can shoot guns relatively well. And honestly, he's not that good at shooting guns. Yeah. <laughs> Like that's his well, best that, quality, I guess. Yeah. You know, that's his best. Well, what's interesting? One of the things this episode, one of the many like dipping its toes into an interesting idea and then running away from it quickly <laughs> that this episode does is talking about like the difference between being a vigilante that shoots arrows and one that shoots guns. 
which is then all muddied by the fact that Oliver has on his team a vigilante <laughs> who just shoots guns. And has like, always had one. Like, well, yeah. Diggle, like yeah. Wild Dog yeah. Diggle yeah, yeah, even Man's Diggle, right? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's fucked up. Is it the Casey Jones guy? Yeah. Yeah. But Casey yeah, that's that. But his yeah. friend Diggle also shoots guns. Yeah. And oh my then god! Dinah also shoots guns sometimes because she's also a cop. Yeah. And then yeah. frequently Quentin is on the team with them. He shoots guns. It's a lot of wow. guns. Are they legal guns or are they illegal guns? Yeah, uh, we don't know. Well, well, I think what's weird is I think technically when Diggle is out in the field, he shoots like a like a dart gun kind of a thing. Okay. Like, I think it's supposed to be like a non-lethal gun, which is only strange because meanwhile, Renee is just shooting regular guns. <laughs> yeah, and like so you're like... Tiny Uzis, right? Mm. Yeah, exactly. Oh my shit, dude. He uh, needs so, to yeah. take a look at the team in the mirror before he goes after <laughs> renegade gunmen. Like, the right. ones on his Well, team. he's pro-gun, so it doesn't matter to him. Yeah. I guess yeah. not. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, Thea learns that that Renee is the new deputy mayor's assistant, and then uh, the uh, the gunman from the cold open shows up and starts shooting up the mayor's office in a in a scene that's meant to evoke the near ceaseless number of mass shootings that go on in America that we hear about on the news all the time. Can I point something out? What's that? <laughs> no, you can't. Yeah. God dang. Is it, the, is it that you're on fire? Are the flames licking at your door? That yeah. Last fun. season, a nuclear bomb blew up a town. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> um, and this is this kind of reminds me of, like, uh, when 9-11 happened, and, like, basically all comics stopped and, like, remet- like went over that, and, you know, there's, like, a famous Spider-Man comic where he deals with the idea, with 9-11 happening and all that, and all the sadness and stuff. And on the one hand, you get it, because, you know, it's, like, probably one of the greatest, you know, tragedies and attacks on the U.S., and there's a lot of anger and emotion that happens with that, and art's a way to express that. But then when you put it into, like, the Marvel or DC universe, that's just, like, a Tuesday. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. There was a moment on the Punisher show where they talk about like, like it's amazing that New York has recovered from nine eleven, but like it's in the Marvel universe yeah. where like, eleven years after nine eleven, literal aliens came down and yeah. destroyed New York and destroyed like six square blocks of the city. And like what four years after nine eleven, two Hulks blew up Harlem fighting each other. Like, so it's like you're like, you're like guys, what? What's your context? I forgot yeah. the nuke though that blew up uh, that <laughs> random town and killed ten thousand people. Yeah, that yeah, because everyone yeah. in the show forgot about it. <laughs> pretty m- no, Rag Ragdoll didn't forget about but it. Then they forgot he- about Ragdoll. Yeah, then they no. forgot about Ragdoll. So yeah, like, it, which is a shame. He was a fun character. Yeah, I, I don't know bad. why. Was he just too powerful? They didn't want him to have him around. Or I don't know. I mean, yeah, it was weird. I mean, maybe just vi- visually, it was weird to have Ragdoll and Prometheus in the same season. They... Yeah. Carol, this is this is how Ryan and I felt when you were going on and on about the uh, coked up clown in Metalocalypse. Dr. Roxo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. So, so yes, there's a there's a there's an office building shooting that is dramatic and sad and tragic, but also pales in comparison to the thousands of people who were obliterated in a nuclear blast last season. Yeah. Did Captain America cry at each one of these tragedies? Oh, like, my, 9/11. Oh, one more yeah. thing about 9/11. In the yes. Marvel comics, one of the comics I remember had uh, Doctor Doom crying at 9/11. 
Oh, oh man. Yeah. yeah. No, that was a Spider-Man be... comic, and it drives me nuts. I cannot stand it. Yeah. There should just be a compilation of all the heroes crying about 9-11. But, like, Dr. Doom's tried to destroy New York on several occasions. Was he crying <laughs> because, like, like 19 dudes outclassed him with, yeah. like... Like, I've been using super lasers, and all of a sudden these guys with box cutters were able to do more than I've ever done? Ugh. <laughs> Yeah, it really upset him. Those are, yeah, they they were tears of shame. Is what they <laughs> yeah, were. Yeah. Like the mighty doom has been humble. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Um, yeah. So the shooting happened. Well, um, and what's kind of sad is how like they say what like five are killed in this, and I think like five are killed, like seven, seven are injured, yeah, and because two people die in the hospital yeah and yeah. how big a deal they're making this out and of course it's ridiculous in their universe but then i guess it's even sadder when you realize how like how 50 people died in las vegas how many oh. yeah i think it was 50 something like that and it was more how, than seven yeah and that, i guess to my point we've forgotten how many people have died there now you know <laughs> right yeah. like right. how quickly we moved on from that is well and with nothing to show for you know nothing yeah to even yeah. try to it's do. not like we've moved on from it because we have taken steps to ensure it will never happen again yeah. made it's, any attempt at all you know <laughs> we've done absolutely nothing about it and have just moved on yeah, um with the risk of causing a cosmic uh like chain of events that makes this sentence I'm going to say really cruelly ironic. It's actually interesting that we've not had a, a really big mass shooting in a while in America, relatively speaking. I mean, we've had <laughs> yeah, like, mass shootings. Like a, couple, a couple of months, which yeah. is a not long time long. in America. Hopefully by the time this episode's released, uh, things are still good. Mm. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we've had mass shootings, but they've not been like these cataclysmic events that uh, traumatize uh, hundreds of people, but then don't affect anything in our culture. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh so during the shooting we see that uh Renee is carrying a gun and manages to hit the shooter with his gun, but that the shooter is wearing some kind of body armor. Yeah. And then that leads us into the first flashback of the episode, uh, which is Renee a pre vigilante Renee uh going to, to take his gun out of the gun safe so that he can go to a hockey game. But his junkie wife is like, you're not taking that gun with us to take our daughter to a hockey game. Yeah, I like how you need a gun to go to a hockey game. Have obviously. you seen those games? Have yeah. You, <laughs> have you seen what happened to Sean William Scott? Oh, in the 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 movie, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in that documentary where Lee Shriver and him fight? <laughs> yeah, that's a documentary. I also like when Renee is yelling at his or the junkie wife yells at Renee that he's the last person to get on his high horse. That's actually a great joke for heroin because you get high <laughs> on a horse. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's one of the lines that is too clever for the writers to have come up with. <laughs> oh, no, they no. totally stumbled into that one. Yeah. I don't think they knew they did it, but I did. Maybe so she did. Maybe moment. she ad-libbed that. Well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Renee says he's done a lot of stuff in his past, but he never did drugs, which then led me to think, like, well, what did you do then? <laughs> 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 I mean, he, he he got drunk a lot, and that is a drug. Yeah, like, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um. So then uh, we go we go back to the present day and see that the shooter has left the building, but that uh, the Adrian Chase, the district attorney, who is 
unknowns to the audience at this time, secretly the supervillain of the season. <laughs> he has he has been shot by the by the guy. Yeah, and this isn't like and a part of any of his plans either. This was like all random things. He could have died. This was this was apparently like <laughs> the one single thing in this entire season that he didn't intricately plan yeah, out he, to an unbelievable he extent. He could have been the season's hero though. Think of like what <laughs> If that bullet yeah, was a little Prometheus a, in the head. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like all of those all those intricate plans never <laughs> came yeah. to fruition because Prometheus got randomly shot in the head by some disgruntled gun owner. Oh my god. What if Prometheus got shot like he did, um, yeah. and went to the hospital and then like got like a hospital born illness like C diff or something? <laughs> <laughs> and he then... just like contracted pneumonia while he was in the hospital. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Get well soon. Uh, yeah, yeah. Get well soon, there, Adrian. This is where I was reminded, um, was reminded both of how Prometheus bugged me when the reveal. Like, once you found out who he was, he was just so like he ate so much scenery, it just got irritating. But um, how much I did enjoy Oliver having a like fellow quasi political but not a vigilante do-gooder to kind of like pal around with yeah. and talk to and stuff. And I think it bothered me when he turned out to be Prometheus just because it meant we didn't get that anymore. Yeah, because it was supposed to, originally I, hear, I heard it was supposed to be Tommy Merlin as a result of the flash change in time, but ah. uh, they couldn't get the actor. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. I did not, I had not heard that. So it's it particularly was, interesting because then. He probably would have been vigilante, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because then Tommy showed up as Nazi Prometheus in, yeah. in uh, Crisis on Earth X. Huh. Yeah. Which, yeah. Interesting. Which is fun. Yeah. Uh, so then Oliver gets the, the main gun that was used in the shooting to his uh, vigilante team. And they talk about how the gun is an AR-15, which is the most popular gun in America. <laughs> I I didn't I didn't have the gruel orphans uh, check the veracity of that, but I don't disbelieve it it's the weapon used in all the high profile shootings more or less <laughs> yeah exactly mm-hmm. and according um, to this episode of arrow by the vague italian crime family that <laughs> uh i don't think we've been introduced to like usually he's no that's <laughs> um that's that's huntress's family oh yeah you're right i forgot about huntress the, the Bertinelli's. That's yeah. her, that's the crime family she came from are they the same crime family of italians from the goonies yeah um, uh, that was the Fratellis. <laughs> well, they changed, and yes, yes, they, they are. Yeah. They're, they're, they're connected through marriage. You know, it's good to change your name <laughs> to like, stay one foot ahead of the law. You mm-hmm. know, It was a shotgun uh, wedding and then an family. AR-15 <laughs> wedding. Yeah, yeah. If, we, we got, let's just say that yeah, if, if your last day. name ends with double L-I, you're both Italian and a gangster. Yeah, that's fair. Um, <laughs> Sorry to all our Italian listeners. And as an Iranian American, I say that's fair. Uh, oh, <laughs> shots fired! Blah blah No muzzle suppressor. So the AR the AR fifteen is the most popular gun in America, and uh, Curtis, aka Mister Terrific, uh, makes Ooh, his what? feelings. 
That's his. That's his code name, Carol. Mister Terrific. He sounds like Captain Awesome. You know that like nude video game player from the eighties. Nope. Is he like him? I do not know Captain oh, Awesome, the nude on. video have game you, player from the eighties. Haven't any of you watched The King of Kong? You're about to really upset me. I haven't. Um, I watched the nude video game. I watched the Baywatch you movie, and was Billy... that directed by Seth Gordon or whatever? Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't. I can't speak to Baywatch, Chris. I'm sorry. <laughs> But in King of Kong, uh, Captain Awesome is the guy who helps the protagonist, what's his face, by giving him the, con- the the new cabinet, and then they think he's suspect. And if you look it up, he's done, like, pornos and stuff oh, and, like, really? really worked the bod. And I'm just disappointed that you didn't know that, David. I'm sorry. I didn't even <laughs> guess that. I'm, frankly, I would have expected David to have, like, developed you know. a rivalry with this guy for being famous for playing video games naked, which is, like, David's favorite thing to do. And he did it in the 80s. He, like, pioneered that. So yeah. look to him, David. I'll send you a calendar. We'll get you all squared up. <laughs> I just get confused at how you can play Donkey Kong for that many hours at a time. It yeah. comes from having a donkey dong. Whoa! <laughs> I just wanted to use a rhyme there. <laughs> I've been thinking about Donkey Kong for like three months straight. It's a problem. Is there a very special episode right, of the Donkey Kong cartoon? I would love to. It is super weird. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, so yeah. Cur- so Mr. Terrific, Curtis, makes his feelings on... Uh, he makes it very well known that he is a gun control advocate. But uh, Which is weird Felicity has all these people around him who use guns regularly. I don't yeah. Which is also an interesting angle this episode could have followed up on, but chooses not to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> great line that I'm going to paraphrase, because I, I was writing stuff down, but I didn't write it fast enough. I don't disagree with your right to bear arms as long as it doesn't conflict with my right to live. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, you Curtis tell him, Curtis. To Renee. Yeah. Yeah. Because Renee is, is obviously uh, pro-gun. He's very much the I, as long as they have a gun, I need a gun to protect myself. That's flawless um, logic, you know. Yeah. If they, if if it'd be better if we shot less people, America. No, yeah. I need a gun. Okay. Also, Curtis, Curtis says a weird thing in this scene, if I may, uh, where he's mm-hmm. like, he says to like Renee, like, also as a black man, I'm like way more likely to get shot uh, by, which is true. Uh, we yeah. live in a in a horrible society that has not reconciled with how we view race. But oh, saying, do we? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he's saying this to a Latino man who is like, <laughs> who isn't like more, like more, like black people are still like more likely to be killed by, like, by police violence or random shooters, mm-hmm. yada, yada. But like, it's not Latinos like, don't have it a whole lot easier. Yeah. And I feel like that's a white guy writing that who just forgot that line. Like, for, like <laughs> Because I don't, I don't feel like, like I don't believe Curtis would make that. Miss Curtis is super genius would make that like dumbest. He could say that to mm. Oliver, but not to Renee. Like, yeah. Right, right. Like, what is Mister Terrific's power? Oh, he's, he's brain he's smart. Oh. He's very smart, and he's an oh. Olympic decathlete. And he has terrific like balls, that. right? Yeah, <laughs> he has. He has these. He has these like little remote. They're called T spheres. They're yeah. like two balls that like fly around and, the, and the like. T stands for testicles because they're T <laughs> spheres. I have a couple of terrific yeah, T spheres. See, Carol, Carol, there's all kinds of undertones here that you would have a field day with. <laughs> it just sounds like you guys are all lying to me and you agreed about it beforehand. But I'm fine with that. Um, the best part is we're not. <laughs> So they're having this argument, and then, like, uh, Kurt, uh, 
Curtis says something like, oh, we should have an assault rifle ban. And then Renee's like, well, they did that in the 90s and it didn't do anything. And then Curtis says, well, actually, it... And then Renee's like, listen, I just don't want to hear it right now. And I'm like, well, that's no way to have a discussion on this. Yeah. Like, well, Wait, yeah, I don't yeah, want t- you to, <laughs> to actually have a point here. You know what also is a bad way to have this discussion is to have Den Mother Felicity running around, <laughs> shutting it down every time everyone yeah. starts to get into a discussion about this. I don't want people this. to be political. But I'm also... Like I'm, 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 I'm totally on Curtis's side, but they also wrote him to be like the most obnoxious, like pedantic right, person yeah. there. Because at one point they're like, Felicity goes, "Enough with the gun control debate." And he's like, "You mean gun violence debate?" I'm like, uh, yeah, he does that like every time someone says gun control. He's like, "You mean gun violence?" It's like, yeah, you're in the right, but the show is now making you the you're like. Uh, the- morally in the wrong of this argument yeah. <laughs> by being the worst person. And not to uh, beat it to death, but you're, you, vigilantes probably have the least amount of leg to stand on on this argument to begin with. Yeah. 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 So then, um, so Felicity shuts down their discussion, and we basically find out that the shooter was really good at covering his tracks and they don't have a good lead on him. But we find out that uh, Quentin, who is the Deputy mayor and former captain, chief of police. I think it was the chief of th- police for a bit. I think it was the chief. He was a muckety muck in the police department. Um, mm-hmm. And who is also the father of two female vigilantes, one of whom is currently dead and one of whom is traveling through time. If you're a uh, female vigilante, are you a vaginalante? Uh, I think I that's what? the term we need to adopt from now on. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, he Quentin saw the got a, a good look at the shooter, and so he's beating himself up that he didn't like recognize him as a shooter before he pulled out the gun, saying, "You know, like I was a cop, and I should have known that." Uh, he points out that uh, Renee, who managed to shoot the gunman in the office, has a gun despite having been dishonorably discharged mm-hmm. from the Navy. And Renee is like, well, you know, it's, uh, I may not be allowed to have a gun, but it's still pretty yeah. easy to get a gun. He's like, he's like, it's illegal for a guy like you to have a gun. And he's like, but it's not hard to get. <laughs> he's also, it's also illegal for me to be a vigilante, but you know, yeah. <laughs> you've seen me shooting guns before. And... I am, I'm yeah. taking the show at its word that someone who has been dishonorably discharged wouldn't be able to legally acquire I a gun. I think there's certain truths to that, that if you are like court martials or something. I yeah. remember one of the recent mass shootings, there was a debate on it as to whether the guy... Whether gun control would have helped because he shouldn't have had the gun to begin with, but right, at the same time right, right. there is miscommunication yeah. and all that. But so I well, think there's this something is... to that to th- what they said. Whether they're exactly 100 percent correct, I don't know. Well, if that's true, if that's true that uh, troops that have been dishonorably discharged can't have guns, Wayne Lapierre needs to get on and fix that because these troops <laughs> are our heroes, and who cares what Poindexter <laughs> said that they were in trouble for doing nothing. <laughs> They deserve guns. They deserve guns every day. <laughs> Government should just be giving them guns. Yeah. Uh, so we get we get our second flashback, which is Renee arguing some more with his junkie wife, and that culminates in him throwing away her stash and basically saying, like, if I come home from this hockey game with our daughter and there's more drugs here, then we're leaving. And then we go to the hospital in the present day, and we find out that uh, two of the people who were shot earlier have now died, and that uh, District Attorney Secret Supervillain Adrian is a stupid tough guy yeah, uh, who, got, who got shot but is trying to leave. And I think this was all supposed to be part of the, like, 
Adrian's secretly vigilante misdirect that uh, he got shot but was trying to get out of there so that when vigilante shows up later, we're like... Wait, I want to ask Carol a question about vigilante. Can I jump into vigilante? Yeah. So you, as someone who hasn't watched the show, when the character <laughs> of vigilante showed up, did you just assume that was the shooter? Um, <laughs> I always think the shooter is going to be a white guy with a weak chin and, like, bad acne and, like, a crazy look in his face. I mean, that that, that is uh, statistically true, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that fits and the I, profile. I can't remember if that's who, what the guy, the vaginalante looks like. <laughs> uh, the vaginal- yeah, no, he's, he's masked, so you don't get to see is him. He, is he the Casey Jones guy? Yeah, the Casey well, Jones. The other the Casey, Casey Jones. Jones guy. Yeah. yeah, the other Casey Jones. Guy. Oh yeah, he he, he only popped like up for one scene just to yeah. like shoot somebody. The reason I yeah I asked that is because like watching it now in this context of like getting ready for a podcast, I was like, oh wait, he's only in one scene. They don't explain who he is, <laughs> right? Um, and it's a show where like who is this guy that did a mass shooting, and then he's advocating like basically for the mass shooting. So it's like if I was someone who had no context going into this episode, I'd be like, oh, uh, so that's the shooter. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Wise, he is the shooter up until they establish that he's not. Like basically, it's bad. So then, uh, Adrian suggests to Oliver that uh, the gunman may have been involved. It may have been a mob hit. He puts the idea that it could be the mob, uh, and he name drops the Bertinellis, which is Huntress's family. Uh, then we get a scene where Renee and Curtis are arguing some more about uh, gun control, and this is where Curtis points out the whole. Um, you know, being black means he's more likely to get shot at. And then Quentin, the former cop, comes in and he takes Curtis's side, which surprises Renee. He's like, you used to be a cop. And Quentin says, yeah, but as a cop, I'd like to see less guns on the streets. But then Dinah, a.k.a. the new black canary, who is also a cop, comes in and she says that people have a right to protect themselves. So we're getting both sides of yeah, the, he, here's two cops, one cop says less guns, one cop says, eh, people should have guns if they want. I don't know if you know this, but there's two sides to this argument. Well, this is where I, this is where I wrote of this scene. It, it, effect, it does an effective job of sort of laying out where everyone's position on the issues are, but in doing so, it's taking no position whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. It's like, That's... here's a bunch of things people think about guns. We don't know what the right one is. <laughs> Well, we have to wait till the end of the episode to find out their uh, solution to gun violence. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to find out what it is, because it's going to be a doozy, I'm yeah. sure. Uh, this is also where I wrote that Felicity is kind of a pill, because she's once again just running around like, stop talking, everyone, stop talking, I don't want to talk about this. And uh, Renee dusts off the old chestnut of how uh, we can't have a gun registry because the government shouldn't know our business. Yeah. Uh, which I have never really bought as a like i understand the principle of his argument but i don't know how it applies to a gun registry but whatever yeah oliver later brings up the fact that we track everyone in their cars so yes but driving isn't a constitutional (laughs) right david some would argue that neither is owning a gun really oh (laughs) then that the idea that every person has a right to a gun is actually a more recent viewing of that uh amendments but right right uh so then we Thanks, get NRA. the scene <laughs> yeah thank you nra so then we get the scene where uh, green arrow is interrogating a mob guy and this is when uh vagina lanty shows up and uh uh shoots the guy that oliver was interrogating and they have they they have like 
the teeniest, tiniest tip of an iceberg of an interesting discussion in terms of like, I shoot people with guns. I shoot people with arrows. And that somehow makes me morally higher (laughs) on the food chain than you who shoots people with guns. But to be fair, Oliver said you murdered him in cold blood. So he's like upset about the murder. But this is where one of the interesting things about Arrow, this show early on, but they've kind of done to death was Oliver grappling with whether or not he should kill people. And now he goes right because in in the first season he was sort of a I mean he was a cold blooded killer in terms of like I have a list of bad people and I am killing them. Well, not just that it was this was a sloppy thing of the first season is he tended to kill a lot of like security guards. Yeah, right. He like not just like bodyguards, like not just crime people, but he killed like people at their jobs. (laughs) Yes, like and it was like oh that was just a sloppy thing that this show did like where it didn't Mm. really like yeah like. John Q security guard who's just punching the clock doesn't know that <laughs> the guy he's working for is secretly plotting to destroy the city, but you just yeah. put an arrow through him anyway. And like half the time the people he's putting arrows through were like like evil real estate people. Like they weren't even like te- like supervillains. Yeah. Like not right, that I'm against right. like, you know, mega <laughs> Putting capital. arrows in evil real estate people. <laughs> yeah, yeah that sounds okay. like the solution Portland needs on this. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean the 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 first season was very uh the sort of Occupy Wall Street movement was, really was hanging over it a lot. Yeah. It was very wow. much about it was a it was a the the main villain was leading a cabal of the rich and powerful in the city in an effort to basically wipe out the poor part of town, and Oliver was killing the people involved in that undertaking. Yeah, uh, <laughs> in order to protect the poor people in town, basically. So it was, there was definitely shades of that particular moment in our cultural history. He's yeah. a real Robin Hood figure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, so, and, yeah. But, so he would, he went back, he's gone back and forth on killing or not, and I think he kind of settled that he mostly won't kill unless he really feels like it's necessary. Or, yeah, which is, or unless the villain really wants him to kill him, then he won't. Then he won't do it just right, because yeah, right. no one tells him who to kill. You know, he'll kill like an immortal <laughs> wizard, but he won't kill like a normal, a normal yeah. anymore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but all that saying that him like chastising vigilante kind of is like, well, you're kind of the same. You don't have yeah. Like for all Oliver knows, vigilante is just in his first. Season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> He hasn't developed as a character to the point where he's not going to kill yet. So, and we're let supposed people, to hate let... vigilante, and then we just flash to the next scene is Diggle just kicking the crap out of some random guy on the street. <laughs> yeah, we don't know what his deal is. Like, is he just a guy? Like, is he just some like is Diggle just abusing? Like, yeah. Man, I know that Diggle did work for like a private military contractor and for like a black bag operation, so he has nothing against torture, but still. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Again, there are plenty of moral complexities here that we could be exploring, and the episode is just quickly skating by most of them. Yeah. Uh, so we go back to the, the bunker, and we find out some backstory on the shooter, that he lost his family in a mall shooting, and that he was in favor of this piece of gun legislation that got aborted. So he's uh, they're assuming he's out for revenge because his family died as a result of the failure of that legislation. We get some more uh, arguing between Curtis and Renee. This is where he brings up the whole assault rifle ban helped a little. And Renee's like, shut up. As long as the bad guys have guns, I want guns. 
And his daughters were ages 9 and 11. Coincidence? Ooh, I good catch, Carol. I totally forgot to write that down. Yeah. yeah. So Never forget. Steel bullets don't melt, don't melt flesh humans. I don't know. <laughs> yes, they do, though. They super do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, because this episode must be as exciting as possible, legislation starts playing a big role in this whole mm-hmm. thing, right? Uh-huh. Yes. And I'll just... Point out. If the Star Wars prequels taught us anything, it's that people oh get excited God. by legislation. <laughs> but Oliver's the mayor of a city, and I'm not saying a uh-huh. city can't enact gun control legislation, and it's better than nothing, but it's not going to do a whole lot if all the neighboring cities have no gun control legislation. And David, you... are you suggesting that if <laughs> other cities have guns, then Star City needs guns to protect themselves? <laughs> no, I'm Star just saying Star City City's going to have guns. Gun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying they no. don't... No, it's, just... it's, it's the thing about Chicago. Yeah, exactly. The, the right wing always is like, Chicago has strict gun laws, but that doesn't stop gun violence there. Like, yeah, but nowhere else in Illinois really does. And right, uh, everyone can just buy their guns outside know, of Chicago. Yeah, Indiana has, like, super lax ones, and I think Chicago just gets a lot of Indiana guns coming yeah. in. Yeah. But, yeah, that's kind of the same thing. You can only do so much, and it's not... And the more localized it is, the less of an effect it's going to have. Is And I'm not saying that they need to arm themselves against the neighboring towns, but just guns are still <laughs> going to find their ways in. No matter what legislation right. they pass, and frankly, I don't even know what they pass, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. They passed Spoiler the alert, best David. law ever. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, so we get our next flashback, which is uh, Renee and his daughter coming home from the hockey game. And they find the house is in disarray, mm. and Renee tries to play it cool and send, tells his daughter to go to her room while he investigates. That's an NRA's dream is to <clears throat> come into like see your house ransacked, but you got your gun. Yep, it'd be hard to like shoot straight with that massive boner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can level it off your boner if your boner is a pure ninety degrees. Yeah. <laughs> Well, like Renee, so there's then, that. Uh, it's in the extended version of this episode. He goes into the bathroom for about five minutes, and then. <laughs> <laughs> now, to be right, fair, Renee did down. not have his gun. Right? This is that's the whole true. Problem. That's true. That's why he's flashing. He's like, mm. if only I had my gun, everything would be. So- well, we'll get to that. Have I so, told uh, you my idea to rebrand guns as daddy dicks? Ooh. Just so that everyone who has a gun is like, oh, I have to go get my new daddy dick. <laughs> shooting that off all day. It's like make subtext text. Yeah, I don't think it'll stop anyone though, Carol. Yeah. No, but I'd have a little more fun. You just like, yeah, maybe you just like everything out in the open, you know? Yes. It would really confuse enough. people because someone would start calling them double Ds. And then, it's just like... <laughs> <laughs> then we'd have a whole... Yeah. yeah. Uh, so then Oliver holds a press conference and he could give Trump a run for his money <laughs> issuing like wishy-washy non-committal answers <laughs> that show he has like no cogent positions on anything. Uh, so he, he gives a lot of like, oh, both sides to every issue and it's a complicated one and then like runs off stage. He's like, yeah, who am I to like come up with policies for the city? <laughs> the mayor? And like some reporter literally says like, you're the mayor. <laughs> I mean, and this is where I'm like, may, someone, because Thea is supposed to be his like uh, chief of staff or yeah. whatever. And I don't know what qualification she legitimately has for that job but earlier in the season that they established her as being politically savvy 
Um, to the point where she would butt heads with Oliver because she'd be like, here's the political way to do this. And he'd be like, but I'm a good hearted guy and I don't want to do politics. But what if I did it with an arrow? (laughs) (laughs) So I feel like if, even if Oliver is too like, aw shucks to not expect gun questions about gun control at his press conference about guns, that the politically savvy Thea should have been like BT dubs, Ollie, you're probably going to want to have a position on gun control before you have this press conference. But he doesn't. It's weird. The thing that irritates me about this is 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 how little they're playing with the premise of him being mayor, because it shows like because if we are to take it at face value that Oliver Queen is mayor of Star City, and yes, I know that every single mayor of the city has been killed in for like the last five years. But if we are to take it at at face value, we have to assume that he's gone through. uh, He's been asked by numerous people. His, his policies and stuff, like numerous times. So he has to. Right. He would have naturally developed, uh, like a at least a uh, uh, what's it called a platform. Right. But the right. show hasn't done that work, so yeah, it right. ceases right. to be believable. Like it's like he's hearing about gun control for the first time <laughs> when it affects him. And and not only would he have had to have developed a platform like during the time when he was running for mayor, which he did for a while. Um, this is the city where, as you say, every previous mayor has been killed. So I kind of feel like gun control would be on the top of the list of things <laughs> yeah. people would be asking their mayoral candidates about. And so he would have needed to have developed some kind of like that's not the kind of platform he could like step away from. So then we get the next scene, which is a political huddle between Oliver and Thea and Quentin, where. Uh, they're basically like, you're the mayor, so you kind of need to come up with a position on this. And uh, Oliver raises the question of how him, being a vigilante, contributes to his policies as mayor when it comes to gun control. Also an interesting thing to explore that we're not going to do. And ultimately, uh, Quentin says that uh, gun control is a problem that the mayor, not the Green Arrow, needs to handle. <laughs> Which, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I kind of wanted to see this cut to, like, a, a montage of of Green Arrow and the team, like, running around just stealing everyone's guns. <laughs> like, we're going to just take all the guns. Why is the team low on guns? Or, well, or, no, it's, it's gun control. We're just going to yeah. take it from everyone, and then we won't have to worry about this anymore. Or, or, Plus, then they get all of them. Or they just start handing out, like, pamphlets on, like, gun control information and literacy. <laughs> like, right? they're standing on the street corner in broad daylight in their costumes, yeah. like, here, read this pamphlet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but ultimately, Oliver decides that he is going to try to find a political solution, despite Thea pointing out that uh, gun control is often a political third rail. Uh, which is more true in the real world than I would think it would be in this world where <laughs> ma- where mayors are getting blown up yeah. and vigilantes roam the streets. I would like, think just getting rid of supervillains would be like the, what people would be concerned about. Like, how about we don't have a town get nuked and then maybe we can... All right, remember, this is the DC universe where every other person is either a vigilante or works for a vigilante. So when you say That's gun true. control, they're like, wait... What's next? Like bow and arrow control? Yeah, Ga- <laughs> laser battering control. Uh, yeah, batarangs. Cat claw control. Yeah, Lazarus pit control. I know that's a villain, <laughs> but still. You can get your hands off my pit when I'm cold and dead, <laughs> and then thrown in that pit. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Wilhelm screams. So Oliver <laughs> proceeds to hold a meeting with the city councilor who killed the gun bill that torqued off the shooter. And she is a, a staunch uh, anti-gun control, pro-NRA kind of politician. Uh, and she she's the one who brings up the, you know, I don't like gun registration. And Oliver says, well, we all drivers are registered with DMV. And then she says, but that's not a constitutional right. And she doesn't want, like, taxpayer money going to a registration. I'm like, there's a lot worse thing that t- things that taxpayer <laughs> money is going to. And, I think we uh, can and then she brings up the point around. that... Uh, that often gun control advocates are the same types of people who oppose limitations on other rights like abortion and free speech. But then they get all up in arms about, you know, putting li- they're fine mm-hmm. with putting limitations on the Second Amendment. And Oliver sort of uh, does a, a great little eye roll where he's like, look, we fucking have limitations <laughs> on other rights. Mm-hmm. Don't be a fucking dense brickhead about this. And the other rights that you're talking about aren't getting people killed. Man, I hate this lady so much, and I think it's so disingenuous to think that any politician who is anti-gun control is doing it for any other reason than they're deep in the NRA's pockets, and they're getting lots of money, and they don't mind if us plebs shoot each other to death, because then there's just more resources for them to steal. uh, Probably just being a little pedantic here, or they just are afraid people won't vote for them because (laughs) they just got... Right, well, because if they don't... They need people to vote for them so they can stay in office if they aren't already getting that sweet NRA money. Yeah. They have to hang around long enough to get it. Yeah. Right, but, so he, it's... but here's the thing about the Arrowverse and Star City's politics in general. I doubt that she's ever going to have to be worried about being primaried by anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Either they're all dead or they're all afraid or they're all evil and trying to bring down Oliver Queen because he killed someone in their past. It's, yeah. it's every, that, And she's also like, she's a city councilor. Like, I don't even know if they have primaries for city councilors. Like, it's, it's, uh, I, you know, she has to run for election, but yeah, it's not like the, it's not like it's a tight competition in Star City. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then Oliver lists off the uh, comically large list of important people in his life who have died from violence, <laughs> uh, which I, I enjoyed as like a, well, he's just like, my parents are dead. My best friend died in the undertaking. Laurel Lance was my friend and mm-hmm. she's dead now. You're like, oh yeah, it's like everybody around him dies mm-hmm. one way or another. Was Batman's parents his friend? <laughs> <laughs> we can't talk about Batman, Carolyn. Oh, those, right, yeah. those rights are attributed elsewhere. We don't have the money to talk <laughs> about. Okay. Exactly. Um, so he says that he and the councilwoman are going to stay in that office until they come up with a set of limitations that they can both agree on. Which is kind of just a red herring or just bad writing, I guess, because they don't, and it doesn't Spoiler mean alert, anything. that like, doesn't happen. And right, it's not don't. like they get back together to figure it out, or like, why, why, why couldn't you have just been like, well, I guess I'll try to figure something out that'll make you happy, and then she leaves or something. In an right, attempt to right. give this episode one, one credit, it does a very Oliver Queen thing, for the show, it's very consistent with his character to impose a set of rules, uh, <laughs> and like on somebody that isn't him, pr- pr- primarily women. But then immediately, <laughs> once something comes up that moderately inconveniences him, he breaks all those rules <laughs> off. Because <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, we have to familiar. sit down here and we have to solve all this stuff." Oh, what am I getting a call? Okay, well, peace out. All right, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> 
the lack of self-awareness in that man is one of the consistent things about his character that I actually thoroughly enjoy. Uh, and <laughs> it really, it really is. Yeah. He's a selfish. He's a selfish guy who's always on the cusp of learning to be better, uh, which is just like a lot of us. We're always. No one gets better and stays better. It's a constant labor to be a better person. This is true. Kind of like in the current season where he uh, uh, decided he can't lie to his son. So he's going to stop being yeah. a, a vigilante, only to now say, well, it's okay to be a vigilante as long as it's temporary. So, like, temporarily lying to my son is okay. I just can't, like, <laughs> permanently lie to his yeah. son. Yeah. So then we get the scene where Diggle is randomly torturing some street tough trying to find the shooter. <laughs> and then he and Dinah have a conversation where they talk about non-gun control stuff that we don't care about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so then we get um, a, an interesting scene where Curtis and Felicity are trying to find the shooter and Curtis starts like making some anti-gun control comment and Felicity starts shooting him down and Curtis like finally has had enough and is like, no, I'm not going to shut up uh, because we need to talk about this stuff. And he says, um, you know, actually I disagree this idea that it's not healthy to talk about this kind of stuff. We used to talk about things mm-hmm. as a society we debate and we would argue and we would still respect each other after. And then Felicity wow. says, yeah, somewhere along the line that just became rude. Mm-hmm. And that's when Curtis says, yes, it became impolitic to talk politics. I can't help but wonder if that's maybe why our country is the way it is today. Well, yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely a lot of truths to that. I think something like even taking a broader step back, it's like deciding to, quote, not be political is a political statement in and of itself. Right, and it usually comes from people wherein saying it implies a tremendous amount of white and or male privilege. Yeah. Uh, Because those are the types of people who can afford to say, I don't like politics, I don't want to talk politics, because politics aren't affecting them. Yeah, I don't want to see anything about gun control, I don't want to hear about this, and that means you're not affected by it, basically. Right, right. But also Uh, talking politics never helps anything, because the (laughs) other side is fucking stupid duck there they love it they yeah. crawl deeper well, in the hole yeah i mean that's the problem it's not just that because curtis says you know we debate and we would argue and we would still respect each other after but we that's the problem it's not that we don't debate and we don't argue it's that no one ever changes and yeah i mean yeah <laughs> and on very no rare effect. occasion can you actually change somebody's mind on something and and, and there's no respect yeah. why would we respect them well, and that's the other point, Carol, which is I don't disagree. Like, there are some political issues where, yeah, we can have a discussion and we can each make our points. And at the end of the day, we're going to walk away maybe having learned something and not changed our minds. But we're still like, I see where that person is coming from. Then there are some political issues. Gun control is kind of one of them where it's like this is a life or death thing. And there are some things that are just objectively wrong. Like, if we want to have a debate about economic policy. And I don't buy that trickle-down economics is worth a shit. But if someone wants to make me a case, make the case. And I'm not going to think that you're a monster because you believe this particular economic theory works. But there are some things that are wrong. Hatred's wrong. Intolerance is wrong. Shooting people is wrong. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you trying to lose us sponsorship? (laughs) If you're going to try to tell me that, like, oh, no, those things are actually good, I'm not going to respect that point. Like that's there right. are there are some points that aren't worthy of respecting. 
Now from our sponsor, Smith & Wesson. <laughs> <laughs> Winchester so, all yes, the way. I, I appreciated that, that they shoehorned in this particular mm-hmm. element into in making it one of the many elements that they brought up. Um, but I also don't think they kind of went far enough with it, or at least, uh, like everything else, touched on the surface but didn't quite dig in deep enough because some things just are wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that espouse those are just wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, eh, say la vie. We just gotta wait for... <laughs> we gotta wait for... We gotta wait for the next shooting that actually changes something. Right. I, it's mm. gotta be coming, right? <laughs> oh, I mean... Yeah, well, we don't want Maybe to if we do shoot the politicians like this episode taught me. Well, Las we Vegas sh- isn't changing people's the minds. Least. And nothing. Yeah. yeah, and he's still fucking pro-guns. <laughs> he's still a Nazi. Yeah. Well, try again, guys. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 to the point where sometimes I feel like with some of these gun control debates, you want to just be like, all right, let's find, let's like narrow it down to where, however far we have to go to find a single point of agreement. Like, can we all agree people shouldn't be shot? <laughs> and I sometimes no. wonder if we could even agree to that. Like, yeah, with no. some of these people, like, no. anyway. What if shooting people makes me feel good, Austin? Like, you can't tell me I can't shoot people. and <laughs> I don't want to, but don't tell me I can't. I was right? thinking of different things I'd talk about at the beginning to joke about magic bills. And I was going to bring <laughs> up like, oh, I've created this bill that's going to lower all our taxes and everyone gets free health care. But then I realized some people I don't think want everyone to have free health care. Like that would still be and a bad yeah. bill. Just be lazy on purpose. The, yeah, the exactly. way this right, episode yeah. would do the bill that you just described would be, it would say, all right, I came up with a bill that would give everyone free health care and give all the health insurance companies record profits. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and we won't tell you how that how we're doing that. That's boring. <laughs> <laughs> That's boring. So we go back to uh, to the plot here where... <laughs> Renee and Curtis have, uh, they go to a gun violence support group that, uh, that the shooter had been a part of and they get the, the leader of that group, uh, to help them locate the last place that the shooter had been saying. Uh, and Curtis kind of admits that he wanted Renee to come along so that he could like hear stories about people's gun violence. And this is where Renee drops the bomb that, uh, he believes gun saves lives and he knows it. Because if he'd had his gun, his wife would still be alive. Yeah, uh, guns lead- save lives. I'm not sure the fact checking is going to bear this out. Well, yeah. so that that leads us into the next <laughs> flashback, which is Renee coming across his wife being held at gunpoint by a dealer, a drug dealer, and he he wants money for the stash that that Renee had flushed earlier. And so Renee's like, I'm just going to go get some money right out of this safe, which we know is where his gun is. Yeah. And as he's going to get the gun, his daughter comes into the room and that spooks the dealer. So he starts shooting at Renee and Renee has to dive out of cover, you know, undercover. He gets his gun out and manages to shoot the dealer. But then as the dealer hits the ground, his gun goes off and then that gun shoots Renee's wife and kills her. Yep. But I thought the gun was going to save her. Yeah. Like... I, this does not match his earlier <laughs> assertion that having his gun would have saved his wife. He did get like, the gun. We should note that for. And secondly, like, how would him, like, 
having the if gun he had to it start, like on him, how would that have helped? What, what he would have changed. He would have drawn it when uh, the drug dealer was holding a gun to his wife's head. Yeah, you know, all right. that would have solved it. <laughs> David, yeah, that, here's I'm a like, tip for you: when the fire comes to your room, try to shoot the fire. <laughs> <laughs> All yeah, right. David, you have your gun. I'm going to be in, like, the burn ward, and I'll be like, if only I had a gun, I would have had a gun. The thing is, if he had a gun, and it, when he, and, and his wife still died, he would have been like, if only I had an AR-15. Yeah. And then if that right. had happened, he'd be like, if only he had an AR-15 with a bump stock. And then he's like... <laughs> like, there are ways they could have gone through this to really show the hero fantasy of how having a gun would change everything and suddenly you're not getting robbed anymore but they they like totally botched this in such well, a that's, spectacular yeah that's what fashion. i don't understand is it's like i'm not saying i agree with renee's position yeah. but if they wanted to establish that that's his position fine and then give us a scene where we would say wow if he still had his gun that he his wife would have been saved like in this particular yeah. example there have Renee's been not probably wrong. some cases in the history right. of our world, where having a gun has saved somebody's life. Yeah, I'm going to agree right. with that. Yeah. Nah. So present one of those scenarios <laughs> yeah, exactly. in this scene, and we'll understand Renee's position. Mm-hmm. So then when they don't present that, I'm like, is, th- is this the show's way of, like, undercutting that argument? Yeah, was like, that intentional? Renee believes, like, but Renee believes that, but when we actually see what went down, we understand he's incorrect in his belief. But the show never, like, underscores that for you no. or suggests that or anything and, and it really reflects poorly on renee because that scenario they set up is really stupid to think having a gun at an earlier point would save would solve things like, like the I only don't... thing i can think of is that he thinks he could somehow like quick draw his gun and shoot the dealer in the head <laughs> yeah despite the fact that the dealer is holding his wife such that he would literally have to shoot the dealer in like his left eye in order to. But what if the dealer fell down and then the, the gun ejected and shot his wife still? You know, like no, no, no. right, right. Here's I mean, what Renee a... Renee would have done: he would have shot the dealer in the hand, knocking the gun into the dealer's face, and the dealer would have <laughs> shot his own head off. Saved it. Or would he have done a, a Keanu Reeves shoot the hostage kind of a thing? Like, would he, like <laughs> put a bullet in his wife's leg so that she fell and then he like could it. shoot the... <laughs> if anyone's going to really kill my wife, it's going to be me. Yeah. I, it's it's just, it's a, it's a weird scene that just completely muddles whatever <laughs> point they're trying to make. And it just, it's it's like fail, like writing failure 101. Yeah. yeah. Just wonder... You wonder how paid professionals put that together. Mm-hmm. Um, so then uh, in, in their costumed guises, Mr. Terrific and Wild Dog go to the shooter's lair and discover that his next target is going to be the hospital, which is what... Uh... Is that the train coming to rescue you, David? <laughs> <laughs> if, if it is, it's, it's really train. far away. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's got a long oh, I was next to the train tracks and the airport, you guys. It's a phantom then, train. This is where Oliver gets a phone call and has to break his own rule and walk out of the meeting yeah. with, uh, with Bye, the counselor. Bye, lady. Like, see ya. Yeah. Oh, and she, uh, but before he goes, she gets in uh, another gun control or anti-gun control argument about how having a gun registry will affect the gun sellers, too. Yeah. Won't yeah. someone please think of the poor gun sellers? I mean, there is a moderately, like, 
there is a pr- pragmatic argument there where if you acknowledge America's gun problem by saying, look, we have a uh, society that is unhealthily obsessed with guns, and that has created a booming gun market. And if you immediately <laughs> took that away, it would p- potentially cause various regions to suffer economically. That's a right. fair thing to say, even though it's like saying, like, if you, like, got rid of, you know, meth, it would destroy, like, certain local economies also. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it still is an argument that you can make that says, yeah. like, hey, right. like, a it's, lot of people make money off guns in America. And to me, it's an argument for we can't just take away the guns. We need to take away the guns and put, like, establish something that would counterbalance that economic downfall not well we can't put the gun sellers out of business so i guess everyone just keeps getting shot yeah yeah i mean it's fair it's, think of it's a, when somebody it's think a, of the companies right it's another piece of the solution but it's not an end to the discussion in and of itself yeah. well, it's kind of like uh, so how, the, uh, we can't simplify our tax filing process because tax software makes too much money off of having complicated tax forms so yeah <laughs> which is true yeah, won't someone <laughs> won't someone please think of TurboTax? exactly <laughs> i used uh damn what do i use yeah i use tax slayer uh mm-hmm. yeah but no there's there's ways everything could be a lot simpler without stupid republican ways of making things simpler <laughs> which is just give all the money to the rich but it sure makes things simpler. There's too big a lobby from TurboTax, basically. Yeah, so he runs up to the hospital where he confronts the dude. Yeah, Yeah. everybody gets into position. Oliver confronts the shooter as himself, not as the Green Arrow. Yeah, which means he could have told uh, the councilwoman that he, like, there's an emergency at the hospital I have to go see. And instead of just being a dick about it, being like, my rules, I'm out of here. Well, his default setting is dick, so. Yeah. He likes um, to keep secrets at the expense of himself. And they uh, they kind of they kind of do a little twist here where the the shooter isn't mad that his family was killed by guns. He's mad that despite having guns himself, he failed to protect his family. Mm-hmm. Or did he not uh, which, have guns but think he should have? I mean, maybe should have or something. He didn't have guns. Yeah, something like that. That like he could have protected his. They're they're trying to play with this whole having guns protecting family thing, but he, like yeah, everything else, it's it just muddles everything. Because yeah. now I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. He's just shooting people to shoot people. Well, and I guess in one way, it's like mass shooters are crazy and they're never going to make a ton of sense. But this scene to yeah. just the, the muddle thing, whatever they're trying to say anyway. The whole shooter issue with this like is it falls so flat and unreal because as we know, every shooter tends to be just an aggrieved white guy who has some mental imbalance, but also is, like, triggered by some kind of, I don't know, like a woman not liking him or something. Yeah. Like, or somebody being rude to him one day in a way that he felt it was his special day. I know occasionally there have been mass shooters that aren't like that, but they're usually that. And there's never, like, they're not, they're never, like, people that have, like, I'm, like, I want guns to be regulated, and I want to, like, you know, they're not striking out as a result of like cogent political arguments. <laughs> yeah, the like I always find gun mass shooters are terrorists, but they are like very bush league terrorists in terms of like they they never have an exit strategy. Yeah, they never have their 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 plan are always shoot as many people as I can until I realize it's a lot harder to shoot people than I thought, and then kill myself. That's mm. like. It's right. Like, it's like this, this guy. This guy had exit strategies. He had multiple plans, and he had an end goal that wasn't just 
make everybody remember you and see how powerful you are. And he apparently has been planning it for like a year or something. Is that when the first shooting went? <laughs> like, yeah, it's, lost yeah, his it's been a while. Right, right. Oh, also, Oliver has a point where he's like, hey, shooter man, we found out that the guns that were used to kill your family were acquired illegally. No gun law would have stopped that. And that's like, why do you need to put that in there? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and the the shooter makes a uh, to be fair, one good gun point. laws would make less guns around, which makes them harder to acquire. Period. But exactly, I... it's a stupid thing to throw in. <laughs> Look, David, if if uh, if it can't be perfect, it's not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, the shooter does make a, an interesting point about how uh, everybody is just so angry all the time nowadays. That really resonated with me. Um, <laughs> yeah, now, it's, now it suddenly becomes about like we're too divided as a nation or something, <laughs> right? Like, well, he's not wrong. I I do feel like super pissed off at like just things in general all oh, the time yeah. lately. If we could only reach across the aisle, I wouldn't yeah, have to shoot exactly. people. <laughs> <laughs> I think I that's what the shooter was trying those, to say. I need to take one of those murder lessening hiatuses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, the to suppress your urge to kill. Yeah. Right. So yeah, the shooter's gonna he does he's not gonna shoot people, he's gonna shoot himself, but then Oliver talks him out of that too, and so Yeah, for reasons I don't know if he shoots him yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's supposed I guess it's supposed to show that like Oliver is still like a good guy at heart. Like he does he doesn't even want the shooter to kill himself. He'd rather mm-hmm. I don't know. Whatever. Uh so then we go, so then we go back to the episode's coup de gras, where Oliver goes so back the next morning meeting with the city councilor. <laughs> And he says, this random person in my office is Renee, and he's very, very pro-gun control. Yeah. And she just and too. And she's like, okay, I'll take your word for that. He's like, so he and I drew up <laughs> some new ordinances, and we think that these ordinances will be all things to all people. <laughs> and he gives them to her, and she glances at them for about five seconds. They have some, some back and forth about politics and how she... You know, he's the hero mayor, and so she'd be stupid not to back him on this. But ultimately, she's okay with all of this. And someday she's going to call in a favor. But in the meantime, yeah, I can live with this. Yeah, none of it amounts to anything. No, at no point in that discussion did anyone say what these ordinances are. <laughs> no, how they, do. they magically yeah, fix listen, they're, they're gun everything for everyone. Ordinances yeah. that respect everyone's freedoms to own guns and doesn't yeah. make it harder to acquire them. It's pretty simple, Austin. Yeah, you, it, yeah. it sounds like you didn't even listen to him talk about the Star City Firearms Freedom Act. The Star City FAFA. <laughs> the Star City FAFA? Yeah. <laughs> It's, I love it. That moment is the real <laughs> moment that made me want to do this episode. Because oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's the, the epi- point where, yeah. If, if, yeah. Like, it, so is it, I can't remember if it's Friends or Always Sunny in Philadelphia that's always called, like, the one where somebody... That's Friends. That's Friends. That's friends. Yeah. That's friends so this yeah. is an episode of Friends. It'd be the one where Oliver Queen solves gun violence. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, yep, that's that's my law. I passed it. It's good. It's It's... And then, like, the NRA is like, we love this. And then, like, I don't know, like, whatever the pathetic leading uh, anti-gun organization is. Like, we love it, too. And then everyone just, like, has, like, a big orgy or something. <laughs> yeah. He, it's not just where the one where Oliver Queen solves gun control. He solves it 
but never bothers to tell anyone watching <laughs> how he like the specifics of how he solved it. I don't get how many times I need to explain this. He does it like <laughs> passing the Star City Baffa. It respects gun owners and it, it does gun control. Yeah, it controls. It does guns, those though. things. The, it, that's why it was so few pages, and she could read it. Fast. <laughs> The law is we should respect gun owners and also control guns in a way that doesn't control guns. Thumbs up. Like, all right, sounds good. It only keeps guns out of people who are going to kill hands. If they're going to kill for bad. But if you're going to kill for good, you can have the gun. It puts like a tiny spirit in each gun. That's the specter of the gun. And if you're going to use it for bad stuff, it blows. it, 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 It turns the gun on you and shoots you. So the gun owners love that. That's so, a good yeah, idea. this we we talk a lot on 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 our show about you know the commonalities amongst the various very special episodes and how uh, a lot of times you know they're sort of damned if they do, damned if they don't. Where it's like you know a, a sitcom will bring up a serious issue and you're like, well, that's good; it needs to be addressed. But then at the same time, like the structure of a sitcom and how it works means that the serious thing that happened is never going to get referenced again and no one's ever going to talk about it again. And so that sort of belittles the seriousness of it at the same time. And this is one of those same kind of situations where it's like, would it have, I don't know if it would have been better if the episode ended with everyone just shrugging and being like, well, this is a complicated issue. We're just going to have to work really hard at solving it. Oh, versus, versus being like, well, we solved it, but we're not going to tell you why. (laughs) No, it's definitely like, if this was an episode of Battlestar Galactica, a show with many a very special episode, but that handled the issues pretty deftly, like it would be like there's no real it'd be there's no there's no way to win. That would yeah. be the point. Like there's no way to win in one day. It's mm-hmm. like an ongoing battle, and we got to accept that this is a, a reality of our society, but doesn't mean we got to give up. That should have been the point. But the point yeah. was, like, you know, gun gun violence is is only a problem for people that want to control guns and it's it would require a very simple like an afternoon of work to solve it <laughs> like an evening if that yeah <laughs> involving the mayor and his like deputy's aide like they're, yeah. they're the like the only two people that uh that collaborated on this like did anyone run this like by is it, is it constitutional is it uh yeah Everyone it's, that would have read it was shot earlier in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> but like for real. Uh, oh, that would be really so that, to live in that city. Yeah, It really would. Yeah, It's kind of like Gotham City where you're just like, man, just move out of the goddamn yeah. city. Yeah, but Unlike gonna... living in America, which is not stressful at all. Yeah, yeah true. But, but we don't have to worry about like murder clowns poisoning our water supply with gas that makes us smile before we die. Uh, have you checked the internet? Have you read Breitbart? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't read oh, Breitbart anymore now they got rid of my boy Steve, but like... He's your boy. Yeah, my boy Steve. I was on a thread when they got rid of my man Milo, but like... Oh my god, yes. <laughs> Yeah. So Austin, where in the DC universe would you go? Like Central City? Is that much better? Yeah, I feel like Central City. Like Flash gets along with his rogues pretty well. They have a. Do you remember have sort when of gorillas like... invaded Central City? <laughs> that was barely an invasion. That was an incursion yeah. at most. Yeah, exactly. The Flash. The Flash has a pretty good detente with his rogues, and 
You know, it's yeah, you're gonna no. get hit. Remember you might freeze or burn, but that's about it. Remember when the city was about to tear itself apart, literally, about and the Flash to. needed to leave, but decided to like <laughs> say a long goodbye to his girlfriend first, while like buildings are about to collapse in on themselves. But the, about to collapse, David. <laughs> they didn't collapse, and then he ran away, and everything was fine. Yeah, I mean, look, start. Yeah, living in Central City is also a not a big chance, but a bigger chance than here that you could develop superpowers. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, if you were there true. at the right time, that would be yeah. pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so we get one final flashback where we see that uh, Renee loses custody of his daughter, and I'm not quite sure why that would be. It's not like yeah, uh, it's not like he was the druggie. Like, I mean, was this before or after he got dishonorably discharged? Was that the reason he got after, dishonorably discharged? Yeah, def- no, it was definitely after. So mm-hmm. maybe that's why he can't have sole custody of his daughter. I don't know. In the new season, they they retcon this a little and say like there was a time when he like like poured like burning water on her by accident or something. I can't remember. Oh uh, yeah, that's yeah. right. So it's like so. Let's just assume. Let's fill in the blanks uh, where it's like. Yeah, he got really depressed after, you know, he inadvertently yeah. killed his wife. Uh, and then he was drinking a lot. And then he, yeah, he accidentally hurt his daughter. And that's fair to lose her. Right, right. So then uh, we see that this is the same night as the season yeah. four finale Let's... when Oliver killed last season's big bad, Damien Dark. And that's what inspires Renee to become a wild dog for the first yeah, time. Yeah, well, let's... let's... Mm. Stop on that for a moment, because when you really think about it, the well, the end of the season four finale, because he's watching it on TV at after uh-huh. his phone call, is that like uh, Damien Dark has like all his like hordes and there's like riots in the street, and I think nuclear weapons are involved somehow. Yeah, yeah. There, there was like a countdown because they were gonna, they were like trying to Noah's Ark the the world. Yeah. You know? And so then I guess Renee thinks this is the best time to get on the blower with, like, the, like, child protection agency and start talking about, like, if he can see his daughter. And I'm like, there's not going to be, like, a tomorrow. So, like. Yeah, he, I, I hear the thing. He wasn't, like, he was actually in pretty good standing with the custody hearings. But then he called and was like. Hey, can I talk about my daughter? Like, no, I'm, I I need to run out of this city to hopefully survive a nuclear bath. And they come on, like, no, go, sir, this is inappropriate. And then it was, <laughs> like, if you keep on talking to me, I'm gonna knock you down. And then he's, yeah, I didn't and didn't think about that. That is so ridiculous. Yeah, you're right. I did not piece. I kind of forgotten the exact details of. Uh... Of the season four climax, or is this so consistent with the fact that in the Star City things are always blowing up and people just yeah. go on with their daily life? They're just, They're just like, like, oh, it's it's May again. Some supervillain is trying to kill us. Whatever. It's like living in Yemen or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Except instead of supervillains, Yemen has to deal with the biggest supervillain of all, America. <laughs> blah blah. Uh, so we get another scene where Curtis has a lawyer friend that he thinks can help Renee get back custody of his daughter, and Renee is uh, stupidly but characteristically surly about the whole thing, and that's just setting up a little a little mini arc for Renee for the rest of the season and, and into the next season too, I think. 
Yeah. Uh, and then we get our final scene where Oliver holds a candlelight vigil, announcing that the city has passed their vague and magical gun control laws, so everyone can rest easy until yeah. the next time a supervillain decides to nuke the city. Yep. Yay. He, he makes a big speech right about like moving forward and like I don't know. Like it, it was just vague enough that I don't think there's a point to his speech. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> I mean and and to Oliver's credit, the big bad this season is really just all about destroying Oliver and not the whole town. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, the city can rest easy for a few more months. Yeah, it's uh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, uh, final thoughts. Uh, <laughs> do we? <coughs> Has anyone? <laughs> Austin's dying from smoke inhalation. Yeah, Pardon? the smoke inhalation in David's house has somehow it got its way to Austin. He's been no, recording no, from David's basement. Uh, the water he's drinking was poisoned by an evil clown. No, the. <laughs> The cherry from my Manhattan went down the wrong pipe. Ooh, um, Ooh that's a bourgeoisie problem, Austin. Right? <laughs> Hashtag first world problem. I've been drinking. I've been drinking water mixed with eighteen-year uh, balsamic vinegar. Love Ooh, nice. Uh, so, did anybody come out of this uh, a newly reborn gun control advocate or a staunch uh, gun rights protectionist? Uh, did this work as a very special episode for anyone? No. No. Uh, yeah. This has made me feel much more that hey, maybe we should listen to both sides of every issue. <laughs> <laughs> Two sides. Two sides. Two sides. Two um, sides to everything. I might be projecting, but I feel like there's like this pull to really wanting to be like a pro gun control, gun limitation message in this episode. But something, whether it's editorial or just the writers fearing backlash is like kind of pulls it back to being just like a neutral argument on gun control. And it just makes everything worse, obviously, because yeah. if you don't take a stand on something, if you don't try to make a point, then what's the point? Obviously, yeah. Like, like trying to say, this is an issue. Like people, there's guns and people die from guns and that's what your point is. Well, thank yeah, you. It was like, like the sun also rises and <clears throat> Like, there's a difference between when, in the early 80s, Different Strokes did an episode about how, hey, sometimes nice old men in bicycle shops are creepy perverts that are yeah. going to molest kids. Like, that's an important thing. Like, kids no. need to learn not to trust. That was an pedophile episode. <laughs> yes. That, like, kids need to, it's it's good for kids in the 80s to learn, like, you know, don't, don't unerringly trust all adults yeah, there's no does adult anyone in 26 like, well love comes in all shapes and sizes did anyone in 2016 need a tv episode to tell them that like there's a gun violence problem in this country and it's yeah. a complicated issue that we really need to try to get to the bottom of like well, it, no fucking shit it's it's yeah it, it, this episode probably if anything does more harm than good because it makes it to let's assume, assume a bunch of children actually watch the show. Mm-hmm. Like what it does is it, it basically puts both uh, like it puts the debate on a hundred an equal equal footing. Yeah. When one is a, a thing about people's lives and the other is a thing about people's like insecurities because it's mm-hmm. or whatever like because the most people that own guns are people that own a lot of guns. Right. Like, right. Like on a on a ridiculously 
almost sounding like exaggerated scale that most the, 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 I don't know that many people that own guns. Like, I don't know anyone that owns guns. I think I don't. I don't I don't know. But what you have a gun? <laughs> I, I know like four people with guns, but like, I don't know. It's 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 irresponsible. I think I hate. I mean, I hate both sidesism all the time because it's it it it, it weakens the issue and in 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 incidentally picks us a favorite because even though this episode is clearly like initially wants to be pro gun control the both sides issue makes it pro just gun like right that's control that's the problem with this particular issue is that as soon as you both sides is it it swings it in favor of the yeah of doing nothing which is yeah the anti yeah. they want the status quo. So when you're saying that both sides, there's one side that's like, "Hey, let's change something," and the other side, "Let's let's keep it the same." If you say both sides are fine, let's just hear it out. You're saying let's keep the, it the same, you know, until yeah. something happens. Yeah, until yeah. until you come up with a solution that's good for us, then Everything. don't do any. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Why didn't why didn't uh what's his name like Simon Kinberg or whoever writes not Simon Kinberg some whoever does this show. Why doesn't he send this uh this law to Congress and see if the crimes yeah. there will be something with <laughs> the, it? The, the Star City Fafa. Yeah, yeah, SC Fafa. C Fafa. Yeah, this is. I feel like the episode tried to be all things to all people, yeah. and then in the process, it became nothing for anyone. Like, I would respect just... it more if it was just virulently pro gun. <laughs> yeah, right. Like if it at least took a stance one way. Yeah, yeah at least it was trying <laughs> and... to make a point. And at the same time, like, I can't, like, you, I, I can understand, like, when it comes to commercial art, mm-hmm. I understand, like, you don't, you don't want to risk alienating a segment of your audience. Wow. But you kind of have to give that up when you decide you're going to do an episode like this. But at the same time, there's ways they could have done, they could have explored this issue through the specific prism of this show. Like, with the vigilante angle. And, like, what does it say, like, Oliver is pro gun control, but he's also a guy who goes out at night and takes the lawn to his own hands by shooting arrows at people. Like there's also, material there that can be explored that would let you have a conversation about gun control without having to either alienate one side completely or be so worried about alienating them that you just turn it into a complete both sides issue. Also, I'm going to make a grand uh, opinion about something um, or a statement. Uh, people of uh, the right wing in America they will not boycott this show if it goes political. You know I can say that? Because they hate Hollywood. They all say they hate Hollywood. Yeah. They hate right. all the liberals right. in Hollywood. But Hollywood liberals still make a shit ton of money. Scarlett Johansson movies make a bazillion dollars. Like, they... When it comes to their entertainment, people don't maintain their, their right-wing morality. They'll just go for it. You know what right. movies don't do right. successfully? Like, right-wing movies. They don't. They don't. Like, so, right, and, right. and there isn't, like, a, I mean, there are right-wing TV shows in terms of, like, every single cop show is, like, pro-cop, but, yeah. like, so is the Democratic Party, and it's terrible. But, like, there are, like, everyone, every right-wing person that hates Hollywood, that watches something produced by Hollywood, makes, an like, a, a moral agreement with themselves that they're going to enjoy it regardless of the politics involved. So they wouldn't, it, they wouldn't lose anyone, is what I would say. Yeah. Right, or at least they wouldn't they wouldn't lose anyone substantial enough to make an impact. If or, anything, Breitbart would write a big old thing about it, and uh, then and then 
it would get new and then like then there'd be a twitter campaign that would be supportive of the show and then a lot of people would do like performative wokeness and be like i'm watching arrow because they stood for gun rights and gun <laughs> control gun and they, yeah right Right. And then people throw well, I, the Keurigs out the window, just make them buy <laughs> yeah. more, just so they can throw them out the window. And Keurigs like this is amazing. all the right wingers would go into their closet and snap their arrows over their knees <laughs> in, uh, in in protest. Yeah, no, I, I one of my favorite, well, you know, favorite in terms of finding gallows humor in things is uh, all of the is the crazy alt writers that get mad about. Uh, superheroes getting involved in politics and becoming social justice warriors when it's like they're literally social justice warriors yep. like that's like that's just another term for superhero yeah. and yep. you're getting mad like oh everyone, we gotta make all our superheroes sjw's they were from the beginning I'm sorry politics mouth breathing morons <laughs> yeah keep your politics out of my superhero allegories for the civil rights movement yep speaking yeah. of that uh, I have a hot date tonight. Um, oh, nice. So, so you gotta get out of here. Yeah. What uh, did you learn? Did you learn anything? Um, you know, so rewatching is the thing that I learned was uh, thank you, David, for bringing up the nuke. Uh, <laughs> and just you know, the more I think about it, the more it just makes sense that the culture of this universe is just numb to death <laughs> and numb to like changes of chaos. And the norms of their universe are really resilient. Because say what you will about, like, America, we go into chaos and everything changes with an attack that kills 3,000 people, uh, you know, eight or, you know, uh, 17 years ago. But Star, like, the Star City universe has had gorillas invade, has had uh, <laughs> a, one city turn into superheroes, has a nuke go off in another city, like, just... T-Rexes galore. It's all this stuff. Nazis invaded, whatever. Like all, like from another, like all that's happened. Aliens have invaded, and they're right. still like, you know what? We're still gonna go and live our day as if nothing has changed. That's that's something noble about that. Yeah, it's very it's very Russian yeah. peasants. <laughs> In the face of czarist oppression. Yeah, yeah like hey, they they might be warring and killing each other out in the, there, but as long as we just keep our noses down and plow the field, we will one day die and then we will get to rest. And then uh Chris will jump ahead so you can get out of here and go on your date. Thank you, um, babies. Where can we find you on the internet? Uh we what can other find things me all do you over do? the internet? Uh follow me on Twitter at Hotomy or else. Uh, that's K H. Yes, I. Sorry. That's I have a go-to rhythm of it. Yeah, that's K H A T A M I or else K H A T A M I or else. Uh, and I tweet a lot of the same joke about the Jokers in Washington D.C. Some variant (laughs) on a joke about how they're you know like if I wanted to see a scary clown, I wouldn't go see it. I'd go turn on C-SPAN where all the clowns in D.C. are. You know, various forms of that. Um. Yeah, uh, the Joker may have been poisoning water in uh, Gotham, but the Jokers in D.C., through negligence, poisoned the water in Flint, Michigan. Uh, True, true, those clowns, those evil clowns. Yeah, the goofies. Uh, Yeah, and listen to my other shows on the River City Podcast Federation, which is a network you are on, which is a dope thing. And uh, you, by the way, I just want to say that you have the best theme song of the network. Oh, Uh, yeah. Yeah. You can thank, uh, you can thank Carol and Brad for that. Carol, yeah, Carol's got to get in those. 
Brad uh-huh. sucks. He's our cool, yeah. great musician. What uh, what are yeah. what are your shows, Chris? So uh, Reboot Reuse Recycle, which uh, has been around for a bit. It's where Kyle McCormick and I, we watch an original movie and then it's remake and we talk about them. A lot of good eps on that. And Kyle and I have another show called Spec Script that Carol is a frequent uh, person on. And, Love that show. Yeah, uh, where we get a person who has never seen a certain show, and they write an episode of said show, and then we perform it live, uh, and it's pretty good. But then we release it as a podcast, as spec strips. So you can hear it. Carolyn did uh, Gilmore Girls, and boy, oh boy, <laughs> it's a good one. Uh, I bet that's yeah. the filthiest episode of Gilmore Girls anyone's ever <laughs> Pretty damn filthy. Um, <laughs> it's got Ron Lynch in it, too. Yeah, it's got Ron Lynch. Yeah, we got, we've got we done an episode with Ron Lynch. We've had Dino Stamatopoulos on. So, uh, oh, nice. Yeah, nice. yeah so it's good stuff. Uh, so check out Spec Script and Reboot, Reuse, Recycle. They're both fun. Oh, Carolyn was also on our Office episode of Reboot, Reuse, Recycle. So that was Rebootsies. fun. Rebootsies. Rebootsies, yeah. That's at Rebootsies. On its various social media platforms, and Specscript is at Specscript Show. Uh, cool, cool. Yeah, just check out all the shows in the network. There's some good ones, like Pitch Please. That's a great uh, one. Yeah, you're right. all kinds of pluggy tonight. Yep, yep. <laughs> Multi-plugs, uh, baby. No, I've had so much fun. I'm really glad Yay. I did this. I'm glad that, like, look, and we came up with a pot. I know you already did this joke at the beginning, but I'm going to take <laughs> it and do it again more sloppily. I'm glad that we were able to make a podcast that, like, may that wasn't. That was the perfect length for the listeners, but also allowed us to ramble the perfect amount of time for our satisfaction, uh, <laughs> while also getting all the downloads it needed without any uh, needing to change who we are as a person. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah, thank you. Yep. Been fun. Thanks for thank yeah, you. thanks for coming thank on, Chris. Yeah. It was good to have you. Yeah, uh, go keeping... give your day lots of smooches yeah. if they consent. We'll do, we'll do if they consent. Uh, we'll yeah. keep in touch and have a great summer. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right, uh, Carol. What did you yeah. learn from this episode? Um, I learned that guns save lives, <laughs> which Period. is why we maybe, don't. Ma- right, maybe. Uh, which is why we don't need healthcare. <laughs> if I get cancer, I'm just shooting it out of me. Yeah, yeah like David and his fire. <laughs> yeah. How's the fire, David? <laughs> I, I'm still at a ninety-eight point six degrees body temp, so I think I'm doing all right, but. Great, great. And did you check that rectally? <laughs> I really want to be thorough. With a gun. <laughs> With a gun! <laughs> that subject made text. Oh, no, yeah, no, I wouldn't say this episode was effective at all at any issue or making me ever want to watch this series again. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, I love this show, but I can't. I mean, that... That is the absolute right reaction to have to this episode. Like, I can't be like, no, Carol, you should totally give this a shot. Like, no, you watch this episode. I don't blame you for not wanting yeah, to watch this, it. The whole episode was a mess. Like, yeah, even yeah. the non-gun control parts really didn't make a whole lot of sense or were very no, fun. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, David, what did you learn I learned from how this episode? To control guns now. We just need a bill that will respect the rights of gun owners and uh, control guns, I guess. And respect well, see, people who don't want to die from guns, too. That's funny, David, because I, what I didn't learn from this episode <laughs> was the exact mechanics of how one writes legislation that both respects the rights of people to live and also gun owners to own guns. David, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, Twitter, at Dr. Bits, and 
I don't know, maybe someday on the real gentleman of ledger.com again. The real gentleman of ledger.com. Jesse. Yeah, you should totally get on that. I don't know. Uh, well, I heard like what? Because now I'm only reviewing Game of Thrones, and that's not out until like next year now, like literally next year. Yeah, 2019. That's so you should up. come up with something else to write about. Yeah, like well, maybe uh issue by issue analysis of Doctor Strange. <laughs> You're dying for me to do that. I really am. Uh <laughs> Carolyn, where can we find you on the internet? Uh you can find me at CarolynMain.com, Carolyn Main on Twitter, Carolyn Main on Facebook. Uh, C-A-R-O-L-Y-N-M-A-I-N like the street. And like Chris so helpfully multiplegged, you can also <laughs> check out the spin-off podcast, Pitch Please where we played a game of the 60-second screenplay with a bunch of really fun competitors. Maybe you'll see an ASV crossover in the future, baby. Who knows? Ooh. Stay tuned. And uh, depending on how shit my gets together, by the time this drops and the stores go, you can buy Pitch Please on Amazon.com or PitchPlease.fun. And if that isn't working for you, just DM me. I will certainly send you one via PayPal or whatever. And Sweet check out the Amazon. Right? Yeah, we're trying. There's like some blah, blah, blah problems. But I mean, sooner or later, we'll freaking get there. You know, Carol- Carolyn's just diving into the gears of capitalism I more and more. I'm a capitalist entrepreneur and I have perfect bills to make the frogs gay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as for me, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at Austin Gordon and uh, you can read my writing at the real gentleman of uh, as well. Uh, as for the show, we are a very special episode. Uh, you can find our website at a very special episode podcast.com. Uh, you follow us on Twitter at AVSE Pod and uh, check out our Facebook page and drop us a line there. Uh, you can also drop us a line via email at AVSE Podcast at Gmail. Dot com. Uh, as Chris also helpfully mentioned, we are a part of the River City Podcast Federation, where you can find uh, similar like-minded podcasts uh, featuring uh, people you may have heard on this show before. We've now had the uh, the Reboot, Reuse, Recycle crew on in their entirety, mm-hmm. uh, both uh, uh, Chris and uh, Kyle. So for a very special episode, I am Austin Gordon, and I am off to become someone. Something else. That was a very special episode. We dissected that shit from head to toe. Did the time fly by or was it slow? Got so many life lessons. Oh, how we've grown. Seen so much TV that we're gonna explode next time on a very special episode. Like Austin, Carol, Chris, David, because alphabetical, and then never mind. All right, <laughs> that's great. Can you sync it to that? <laughs> <laughs> Just of what I did. All right. All right. Yeah, yeah. My everybody. My right? name's like last in the alphabet. Now I'm sad. You just made me sad. <laughs> Take Chris. that. Yeah. A's and wow. C's are really early. Yeah. D's yeah. Not that's far, good, I've but... never. Yeah. Yeah. You're rarely are you at the end of the alphabet, yeah, David. But you're, you are. both first or last name. I'm, yeah. <laughs> you're doing all right. Suck it, David. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> Okay, let's uh let's get started here. Okay. All right. <clears throat>